So we're reading from Mark, chapter 4, beginning at 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Thank you, Rachel. What do you do when God is sleeping? What? I know. God doesn't sleep, does he? No, Psalm 80, uh, 121 assures us, He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel neither slumbers or sleeps. But what do you do when God is sleeping? You know, those times when you think that God is not watching, that he is not listening, when his presence in your life is hard to feel, when our circumstances deny or seem to deny his loving care, what do you do in those times where though you might read in scripture that God never sleeps, everything around you is saying that God is not there, he's not active, he's not listening. What do you do in those times? It's in those times, I think, that the storms come or feel that they do. As Rachel's read for us, at the end of the day when the evening had come, Jesus was intent on going across to the other side. They took him just as he was in the boat. Others were with him and he went to cross to the other side. Storms come often when we're not expecting them. It was just a day like any other. It was the evening. They uh, would often at those times just go out and, and move from one place to another in order to prepare for the, the next day that was to come. Uh, and it can be the same for us as well. We don't expect the storms on the horizon. Sometimes we, we see the clouds there and we know that there's a tough time ahead, but oftentimes storms just seem to creep up on us and hit us when we're not expecting them. I've been th very thankful for Nick's help uh, this week. Those of you who were at the business meeting on, on Wednesday night would have seen uh, the stage here filled with office furniture and other junk. Um, we've been just trying to renovate the offices a, a little bit and, uh, and get some painting done. So while we're in the midst of that, uh, Nick had gone up and found some white paint um, that we could use for the ceilings. I'd gone down the street to talk about some furniture and, and Nick came to me and he said, I've put some paint on the ceiling. It's almost white, he said to me. I said, what's almost white? Um, 
And, and as we came back, we realized that that almost white paint, as it dried, had gone to the color of a, a light gray. And it was beginning to change color more and more as it dried. And, and I, I realized that, well, sometimes we think that there's white clouds in the sky that we don't realize are really gray clouds that are, are forming and the colors are changing. The paint color, by the way, wasn't white, white was the base. If you read the top label, the color was called Tempest. I wonder how often you felt like you're going into a day and the clouds are white and then suddenly a tempest forms. Some of those storms are of our own making. We think that we can make decisions that aren't going to affect our lives too much. They're not going to offend God terribly. Or God doesn't seem all that interested in these decisions that I'm making anyway, and so I'm free to go about making them ourselves, uh, myself. Sometimes the storms do come out of the blue. You know that expression, don't you? Out of the blue, suddenly storms are on the horizon. Storms are times of upheaval and uncertainty that often we face when we, are, when we are unprepared. We don't know we're about to go into a storm, just suddenly the world caves in around us. Well, when those storms come, how do you respond? We read that a great windstorm arose. Waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. What do storms do? They threaten us. Here they threaten to drown the boat and all that is in it. Here they threaten to take this company of, of voyagers and stop them from getting to their destination. If you read on a little bit further in Mark's Gospel, as we will next week, you'll find that as they finally arrived at the, the shore, they were met by a man who was possessed by demons, many demons. And he was able to perform incredible feats of strength because of the demons that were in him. There was a purpose that those getting into the boat had that they wanted to cross the lake. But there was a purpose that the enemy wanted to prevent. Jesus ministering there in the land of the, the Gerasenes. Sometimes the storms that we face in life are the enemy's purpose for our life in preventing God's purposes going ahead. He knows when the storm clouds come that we turn our heads down and we become downcast. He knows as the waves begin to swamp our boat that we will look at the, the, the water filling up our craft and think now it's probably going to be safer for us to turn turn around and, and head back to the, the shore that we know is safe than continue. The storms say God is not watching, God is not caring. God is not able to help you at this time. You've gone out on your own and, and you're pursuing your own endeavours. The storms, however, may just be there to keep you from accomplishing what it is that God wants to do through you. And so while you know that you're in a storm, whether it's a storm of your making or a storm that has come out of the blue, circumstance has nothing to do with you. 
you can know that there is a purpose in it. God may have for you a purpose even through it. So how should we respond? Jesus, we're told, was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. You're fairly familiar with this story because it appears in, in three of the Gospels. Matthew tells this story, Luke tells this story, Mark tells this story. I had to tell this story to some of my scripture kids this week and we were reading the story from Luke. And I'd just been reading it in Mark. And I, I was looking at it going, the story's the same. So many of the details are the same. But do you know it's only Mark that says where in the boat Jesus was? And that his head was on a cushion. Mark, who's, who's apprenticed by Peter, a fisherman who is familiar with, with this, this um, lake. He's familiar with the weather patterns. He's familiar with going in boats. He's the one who calls one end of the boat the stern. He's the one who sees his master's head on a pillow. And describes for us this story as a man accustomed to so many things but afraid of his life while his master sleeps. In times of fear, we often become acutely aware of everything that's going on around us. And Peter describes in detail how the waves were, were crashing in and where Jesus was and what he was doing. Clearly afraid, along with all who were in the boat and all who were traveling with them. For it was not just their boat being swamped by these waves. The disciples begin to question not whether Jesus could save them, but whether he cared to. Master, we are perishing. Do you not care? I don't know about you, but that's a question I ask when storms come. I believe that God has the power to change my circumstances. I believe that God is a God of love who cares for me who promises blessing in my life. But when the storms come, they give me evidence that God does not care. And so I question, God, not just can you save me, but God, why wouldn't you? God, why, why do you seem not to care? The waves are crashing into my boat. The boat is sinking. I'm in fear for my life. God, do you not care? I wonder, do you face some doubt in your life at this time? It's helpful then to look not just at the responses of those who are sharing those times of difficulty, but to look at how Jesus responds to the storms in our lives. Verse 39 says, He awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Be assured that Jesus does have the power to overcome whatever may rise up against you, whatever circumstances you might be facing, whether they're decisions that you have made, whether the storm is circumstantial, whether it's the enemy who is oppressing you. There is no doubt 
that Jesus has the power over all of these things. It's why Mark's been laying out this story after story after story of people who are oppressed in health, people who are tormented by demons, people who are afraid of their lives because of the, the weather patterns that have, have risen up against them, that they might know that this man has the power of God to work in people's lives, to bring healing, to bring release, to bring you to safety and to bring you through to God's purposes for, for you. Fear has two classic responses, we're told, fight or flight. But what do you do if you're in a boat and the boat's about to sink? You can't fight the storm. You can't flee it. All you can do is freeze or look to the one who is with you in the boat. Paul writes at the end of 2 Corinthians, He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we live with him by the power of God. So examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Storms in our lives sometimes give us the opportunity to ask that question. Not just where am I, or why are these circumstances here, or how can I escape them, or how can I fight them? But who is with me? Is my faith in Christ? Is his life alive in me? Am I able to face those circumstances and those difficulties, knowing that though I am weak, he is strong? Testing may come in our lives, but it is for us an opportunity to grow in our faith. For it is the question, do you know the breaker of storms? Mark writes, they were filled with fear and said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Sometimes we can open our Bibles and read them out of duty or, or just read these stories and think, well, that was nice for them at that time. But God intends that we open our Bibles and read it that we might know him and know this power of God in our lives, that we with these disciples might stand in awe and say, who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Now I've told you the story once, I don't even remember which child it was of mine who when the storm came, they came to the window and said, Peace, be still, in the hope that the storm would go away. At those moments we can feel that there isn't any power. But who is this that the wind and waves do obey him? The disciples' fear of the storm was soon abated, but only replaced by fear of Jesus. For it says they were afraid of him. 
Sometimes our picture of God is, is below our picture of the enemy. We see the enemy's work in the world and we say, I know his power, I see how he is at work, I fear him. But we forget that God is greater than the enemy. That he has defeated death and that he stands for us. In Greek mythology, there's a story of Ulysses who was in a boat and he was facing danger. He wanted to, to go into the currents where the sirens were. But he knew that their song was one that would lure him to, to throw himself overboard and to his death. So he told his shipmates, put wax in my ears so that I might not hear and strap me to the mast so that I might not throw myself overboard and stand around me with swords and spears so that if I might hear the sound and if I might loosen myself, you might kill me before I go to, to that sort of a death. He strapped himself to the mast. But in this story, we're encouraged to bind ourselves to the master. The master of the storm. The master of all that he has created. The master over all things. Open your ears and cling to him. We've met already around the table of the Lord. I want to encourage you just to... to Take this image away with you. When the sixth hour had come, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, at the ninth hour Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Of all the times of darkness, of all the storms that anyone could ever face, this was the worst. And there was a cry at that time. Not, Master, why do you sleep? But, God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus experienced that separation from God. Jesus knew what it was like to face the worst of times and to be utterly alone. But the death he died, he died for you and for me. So that in defeating the enemies of God, in defeating even death, we might have hope of greater victory. And so remember Jesus on that day. Remember Jesus willingly giving his life. For the angels say, that the crowd said, you can call the angels and they would attend to you. You can bring yourself down off the cross, but he didn't. He faced that storm so that whatever it is that you're going through right now, you might know that death does not have the victory. That despair does not win the day. That sickness does not overcome the life that God has given to us. That those thing, that things, while things perish here on earth, Paul writes, I, I will just leave this body that is perishing and I will continue. God has not abandoned you. Instead, he has stood in your place 
and brought you the victory. In the boat, Jesus declared, peace be still. On the cross, he declared, it is finished. And death cannot contain him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge that at times we do feel that God is sleeping. That he's forsaken us, abandoned us, stopped hearing our prayers and stopped answering them. But Lord Jesus, you are the breaker of chains. You are the stiller of storms. You are the one who faced death and brought life. The one who calls us to himself. The one who lives in us by your Holy Spirit. So while we sit before you in weakness this morning, we declare that you are strong. That you have the victory. That you have the power. Lord, teach us to be people of faith and to place our trust in you. Bring peace to our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.